On a mission to shake up the beauty industry, Alexandra Keating created Uni Refill System, a zero-waste body care line that is designed for you and made for the planet. From tech entrepreneur to beauty founder, Alexandra's story is one you can't miss. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Alexandra Keating. She spent 12 years as a tech entrepreneur, founding her first company at the age of 20, before pivoting her career into the beauty industry. Alexandra is now the founder and CEO of Uni Refill System, a line of face-grade skincare that is formulated for the body. Not only is it a zero-waste system with 100% recycled and refillable packaging, but a percentage of every online sale is also donated in support of coral restoration. I love that Alexandra is implementing an understanding of how harmful ordinary products are to the ecosystem, something with which she's been familiar since her childhood in Australia. The brand is both chic and informative, and it's clear that Alexandra is set to tackle the industry's waste problem and influence a shift towards greater sustainability. She really has designed Uni Refill System with a planet in mind, and I, for one, cannot wait to find out just how she's doing it. So, Alex, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much, and thank you for the great intro. But more importantly, I think what you're doing is is fantastic, because I speak to other founders in beauty and, and other industries sort of on Slack and we're always sharing, you know, different things that are working for the businesses. And so I think it's amazing, you know, that you're doing this podcast for everyone. So thank you. No, thank you. And exactly that. It's just when you realize we can all come together to make the the industry a more fun, definitely more sustainable and just pioneer the future. I think we have to do it together. It's really hard alone. I think that's why the whole point of this. But um, I'm really excited to get into this conversation because honestly, your brand is one that I've been eyeing for a long time. It's been a base for also for Fable for a lot of things in terms of what we would like to reach and, and hit. And you guys have done it such in such a beautiful way. And I have a lot of questions personally I'm quite intrigued to know about. But um, before we do that, I have the question I ask all my guests. And I'm going to call you AK because we already, you know, I think we're friends now and I can call you by your nickname. So who in a nutshell is AK? Oh God. Um, well, I think, I, I think the sad thing is I'm an entrepreneur at heart, which I think is sort of a sickness <laughs> because I'm always, you know, thinking about starting companies or starting companies and, and you obviously know how hard it is, which is why I call yeah. it, you know, a sickness. And I think that, you know, that also comes with being a workaholic. So I think I'm sort of become in embody the the companies that I that I create, and so I think first and foremost, I'm probably um, mother of Uni uh, at the moment. Um, and then also, I mean, I think the beautiful thing. This is the first uh, consumer company that I've really run, and um, 
I think I've really tried to put a lot of myself in there. And so um, Marissa, who's wonderful, who runs marketing for us, like really, you know, created the brand and the concept of the brand about doing the right thing. And I think that as a person, I'm always looking for the North Star, always trying to do the right thing um, and sort of just like lead by example. And so that's, you know, we're really embodying that. And, and, um, and I think that at core, that's kind of like who I am. Amazing. Well, I have a, I have a few questions I want to go into, and I think the first starts with I guess the beginning. So you you know you're born and raised in Australia. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing there, and you know your first um, I guess experiences with not only the beauty industry but also I guess um, you know the, the Great Barrier Reef, for example, and noticing all the the change that must have happened over the years of childhood there. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of our favorite vacation. My family would go up to, you know, Queensland on the coast there and, and we would go to the reef and swim around and, you know, spend a long time like on boats and sort of swimming in with marine life and, and around the reefs. And I think for me it was just sort of a wonderland and I, you know, it's still, it's funny if I think about like my happy place, there's something really magical about it, like sitting in the water there with all the colors and the fish and, you know, it's just such a calming, beautiful place. Um, and so it really stuck with me. And then, um, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, I took him to the reef because, you know, we were visiting Australia and I thought it was something that he had really had to see. And I couldn't believe how much it had changed. Like it was very significant from my memory as a child to where we were today. And I realized actually, um, if you go on one of the tourist boats, they make you scrub off your sunscreen because it directly bleaches the coral. And if you go to like tourist dense areas, actually the coral's very bleached. But if you go further out, it's not as much. So it's sort of, you know, it's one of the seven wonders of the world and people are destroying it as they're viewing it. And so that really stuck with me. And then once I sort of dug a little bit deeper, I was like, oh, actually it's all the runoff. So like when we were trying to come up with a name for Uni, I originally called it Down the Drain. It was anything that went down the waterways. And so then that's really when you start scratching, like, what does sustainability really mean? And it has to be sustainably sourced, but it also has to be reef safe, but it has to be land and waterway safe. And so, you know, once you sort of, it's a bit like an onion as you sort of start to think about these things. Um, but I really wanted to change the behavior around sunscreen. So sunscreen was one of the things that was really sticking with me before I even knew I wanted to create Uni. I was always already looking for like a reef safe sunscreen brand that I could help invest in whatever it was. Um, but we ended up, you know, building that business. That's amazing. And so, so I know, uh, you went to the university of Sydney, correct? And then yeah. what did you, what did you study over there? I was, uh, I was sociology really was, um, was my thing, but I started go fundraise while I was at university. So I very yeah. quickly became a bi correspondent student, um, Crazy. which was amazing. And in the community, like we built go fundraise on the community at, 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 at the university and, um, the developers, you know, came from university and we were all trying to figure out how to work and, and study at the same time. But without that community, um, and naivety, I don't think we would have really created it. Like we didn't know, we just knew that there was a fundraising problem back then. Like charities didn't have websites. They weren't taking credit cards. Facebook had just launched. Um, so, you know, charities were very wary of us. They thought that we were going to steal their money. And, you know, it was a very, it was a very hard, it was a great yeah. lesson for all of us, but we just wanted to create a better system and an easier, more accountable way to fundraise and actually put the power in consumers who are donating the funds and, you know, getting real financial reports and, and making these charities more accountable. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was the unit. If I hadn't have been at university, I wouldn't have been able to meet that community of people that yeah. would have come and joined me on that journey. And then you've done a lot of, 
um, incredible ventures, you know, from after go fundraise. Um, and then I know it led you also to that. Da- was it, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Download, 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 which you were full study in the 30 as well. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, no, it's a nice community of people too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I kind of arrived in New York City at the right time. It was funny as an Australian, you're kind of like London or New York. And for some reason I went to New York. Um, and that was a really amazing time because that's when the angel funds were getting set up. I was lucky enough to work with Thrillist Media Group and Lyra Ventures, who's a fantastic fund, which is Ben and his dad started. Um, and so I was really at the forefront and got very lucky and fortunate, fortunate enough to sort of meet their network of people. Uh, and download really came out of Thrillist. You know, we there was yeah. a, everything was going mobile. There was a need for content management systems. It was a very obvious thing. Uh, and I kind of knew, I actually loved, but the only boss I've ever had was Ben. I loved working for him. So, you know, that was an interesting thing. I didn't know if I would like it, but I actually thrived and, and really loved that experience. Um, but again, just saw a need, became obsessed with it and then went and built it. Yeah. Actually, I want to ask him that because you obviously, after university with Go Fundraise, you're the, you know, you were the co-founder and CEO, and then you went to work for someone, Ben, uh, you said, and then you went to create you know, downloading after. Um, what was that like to kind of go from being a founder to then working for someone uh, and then go obviously back to being a founder? Yeah, I think honestly it was a systems lesson, lesson for me, like being able to be at that time at Thrillist and sort of run marketing that, you know, I was able and became exposed to how the teams work, um, how, you know, the systems around web development and things like that. Um, even though we had kind of figured it out along the way, like we were all kids, like we'd never actually been set up with the right infrastructure. So I learned a ton uh, from Ben and the team and from being there. So for me, I think it was the platform that I then used to create Download and then Uni. So it was the necessary teaching, I think. I, you know, I, um, I saved a lot of time by, by learning from them for sure. Amazing. And also for the Forbes 30, which is awesome. Um, I, I had it when I was at Dior and I remember a lot of people asking me, like, how do you do it? Like, what are the tips and tricks? Um, I'm just curious, like, what were your, if anyone listening is, is and they're super keen on entering that list, what will your tips and tricks be today on how to get there? I mean, I think that I always try and find a real problem um, and that I think needs to be solved both on like a consumer and like a greater level. Um, and those kind of businesses just naturally draw sort of the attention from from publications. I think that the difference is, is I actually build a lot of very strong relationships with journalists. I think, you know, there's a lot to learn from them. And, and even with us, you know, with Uni, with the, you know, beauty journalists who I obviously never met before this, you know, we're sending them product now, you know, because they've seen it all, they review everything. So we, we actually send it to them to get sign off and their feedback before we go into production. Um, and so I really, I really kind of build, um, you know, a, an ongoing relationship and bring them into the, you know, the tent. And I think that's probably where the for, like Forbes thing came from. Um, yeah. just because I had very strong relationships with the journalists in the tech industry. Also being female and VC backed, we were backed by Greylock. Um, yeah. and so being female and young in New York, like it's very weird for Greylock doesn't really go at that time. Didn't do a lot of New York deals, especially with females. So there was a couple of things that, um, nice. it might've triggered it. Amazing. Now, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, I always, uh, I tell everyone, I said, it, it's great to be on the list, but it's just a list to don't over obsess about it. But yeah, it's cool if you can get it, but it's not. Yeah. It's not I mean, the thing. one thing I regret not doing is like spending more time with the community because I do think it's yeah. that rare time when everyone is together. 
Um, and so I, anyone that does it, I would say like lean in. I think there's definitely, definitely a lot of, it. you know, and especially now today. I mean, one of my friends, for example, she um, was shortlisted, like, you know, when you apply and they ask for more information, but she didn't make the list this year. But she still went to the Forbes Under 30, uh, like, there's little conferences, not a lot, little, there's big conferences they host. And um, and she made amazing networks, she even met, like, someone she's going to launch a podcast with. She met all these people. And, um, yeah, like, she didn't, she wasn't even in the list. You can still be part of the community, which is still so important. So definitely, I think that's a big thing. Um, but now going into, you know, uni reform system, I do want to kind of paint this picture. So like imagine people listening, um, there's so many puzzle pieces in creating a brand. And I mean, the first, I think let's start the first is the need, the why. So what was your why in creating this specific brand? Yeah, well, I mean, we sort of touched on it before, which was sort of the accountability. Like it was only yeah. when I started to realize that, you know, the runoff is what was bleaching it. And then I realized that there was the industry here, especially in the US, isn't very regulated. And so then I started looking at all the products that I use. And I was very surprised that some of the things that I was using wasn't something that I would actually want to use. Yeah. Uh, and then also, you know, the plastics problem. So one third of single yeah. use plastics comes from the personal care industry and I feel that, you know, it's important for next generation brands to be responsible for their packaging, which is obviously a very difficult thing to do and very expensive. Um, and so once I kind of had those few, you know, between the formulations and the packaging, that was really enough for me. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and so then the the name came from, I don't know, you know, and we talked about it before about trademarking and stuff. So I know, I know there's a whole journey in that, but sure. how did you come up with the name? Yeah, so I started writing down a few different names and one of them, you know, Uni kind of stuck with me because the, you know, the idea of the shell and the refill uh, and then the goodness is on the inside. Um, I also like always became obsessed with that Google concept of like you can't be more than five characters. People need to be able to spell it. They need to be able to remember all of those sorts of things. So everything I try and do, I try and do, you know, in with a few characters. And so I write everything down in notes. And then as I randomly meet people, I'll say like five names. And at the, like 20 minutes, I'll be like, which one did you remember from what I said? And Uni was something that, that people really remembered. But when I met Mark Atlan, the designer who I decided I was the only person that could design Uni, I hadn't really set the name and, and the meeting wasn't going so well. He's like, what do you mean you want me to design like a personal care brand that's direct to consumer? I mean, he's a great perfume uh, designer and creative director. Um, so <laughs> doing something DTC and in the personal care space wasn't really what he thought he was about to embark on. And he goes, yeah. what are you going to call this thing anyway? And I said, Uni, you know, and that's when he sort of jumped up and he's like, oh, I just recovered this, like my favorite Mark Newson chair with the Uni orange. And then he started sketching. And that was when we obviously, Uni became the name. And that was, I think, the moment that Mark decided to take on Uni. So um, it was kind of a big catalyst for us. Oh, amazing. And so the first few products that you were creating, um, I know you have an array of different like body washes, shampoo, conditioners. What was the first MPD like? Yeah, so for me, I mean, Uni sort of runs three different businesses. We have the direct business, we run a B2B business and then like a wholesale retail business. And so the we needed these five products um, because there were certain shower rooms of hotels and things like that that we really wanted to get into. And so for us, it really started off with the system. Okay, like how, well, what does that really look like? How can we help these people claim zero waste? How do we take the bottles back? And and so that was kind of like the infrastructure. Um, but I really gave Mark 
a long leash. I was like, look, it doesn't have to be this. Like, this is what we think it could be, but like, let's just see where it goes. So I gave him complete creative control. Um, and then we all kind of got to the same place, like aluminum refillable. Uh, we had to make sure like the mouthpiece was like big enough to be able to wash. We needed to make sure that we could stack them, all these sorts of things. Um, and so the, the, the refill and the dispenser became the first sort of design direction. And then from there, we started pulling in other people and being like, okay, can we, will this be able to scale with us? Uh, can we do this affordably? Can we manufacture it and, and, and refill, you know, um, you know, what, what are, what are the lead times moving forward, all of these sorts of things. And so that's when it, um, started to become more defined and then we started to narrow in and, and hone in on the design. So for us, we did a lot of 3d printing in the beginning just to make sure it was, it was correct. And honestly, still like, I mean, we're a couple, I think we're like almost three years in where there's so many things we want to change, you know, and we are, we're in the process of changing. It's a journey. It's not, I mean, you can't do all in once, but you did put certain parameters that you wouldn't like sacrifice for, which I know has huge barriers to entry in terms of cost. And to start with, it's why a lot of brands, including mine, you know, we're not where I would want to be as as a founder yet, but it's definitely a, a journey I'm putting myself on. What were, you know, what are some tips you can give to brands right now in terms of like how to just be a little bit more, accountable, transparent, and measure that cyclability, right, of their brand? Uh, yeah, creating. so there is, I think the industry is getting better. We we don't really have a guiding, you know, there's like a concept of blue beauty that we loosely use because there isn't anything mm. else. And so we try and I look at other industries. So Nike did this amazing report, um, which sort of create, like became a foundation for me, which was everything from upcycled ingredients to end use. Um and so just being really clever about every element, I think the most important thing is really, the, and what I kind of tell other people, is just really look at the components and make sure that they're recyclable. Um, and like, let's start there as an industry. And so, you know, we're rethinking sampling in a really big way, but little things like getting rid of the sachets, things like that, that you can start to do and the industry will mm. soon follow. Um, but it's, you know, it's very doable. I wouldn't try and I think for us, you know, we would have launched probably 18 months earlier if we hadn't had tried to sort of like tick all these different boxes. You know, the paperwork around sustainably sourced like marine actives and things like that alone take eight, nine months. There are certain, um, you know, uh, seals that I've been going for. I put in October of last year and we still haven't received it because the paperwork's so, so long. Um, so you can't really do everything at once. The important thing I think is really about the components, um, and just being really transparent and trying not to greenwash, you know, and just be like, this is what it is. This is what we're trying to do. Uh, and then I think as long as you're honest and you're trying and that's the step in the right direction. And like, you know, right now it's, it's predominantly uni is predominantly D to C, correct? Yes, correct. How does like that whole retail angle look like? Because sometimes, you know, you're at the helm of where the retailers are at and, you know, that can dilute your message too and the whole cycle as well. How does that work out? Sure. So we, you know, we go in with the pitch of like what we ideally want. And I think that as mm-hmm. a result of that, we find the right partners. And so to date, there's no one that sort of said, oh, we love it, but we're not going to take it, take it, or we don't think that you should, you know, communicate it in that way. We're quite, 
aggressive in our point of sale and, and how we want things to be in the communication that we have on it. And we believe that the communication and what we're doing is a part of, you know, the brand and who we are. And, and to date, thankfully, everyone's allowing us to sort of display the way that we want to. Um, but I think just being very visual on the initial pitch. No, exactly. And I think I'm being very strict with, you know, what your vision is as Uni, not what their vision is, because then it's easier to just decide who the right partner is that way because you're not you know, yeah. you're very sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we did like, I think three or four point of sale concepts. So we we're like kind of depending on this is like our ideal scale, but as it comes down, like this is kind of the rules and how we want to present ourselves in the, in the world. And I think doing that, uh, sort of helps them understand at the get go who you are and how you want to show up in the world. And if you're, if you know your brand well, then chances are that you're correct and they'll support that vision. I love that. So, I mean, could you tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you guys champion the word like cyclability a lot on your website and the, the unicycle. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? In this work, yeah. So the, we like to think about every component. Um, so sort of with the ingredients, we try to use upcycled ingredients where we can. Um, I, as a kid, actually s- s- spent time on uh, planting olive trees on a farm, and so I became very aware of, you know, how nutrient rich olives are, but then also the waste associated with it. So we did a few different things. We took the pips. Uh, from the olives and we ground it down which became like an exfoliant and a hand wash but also a very hydrating one because it comes from the olives uh, and then also you know we cold compress the olive that they can't sell and use that as like part of the base so we really want to make that you know it's still very luxurious and how can we do that using you know um, upcycled ingredients and then we kind of have um, sustainably sourced ingredients so any ingredients that we use that aren't upcycled we want to make sure that they're sustainably sourced and how we document that and that's very important to us. And then it becomes really about the accountability in terms of transportation and things like that, which is something that we look at, look to afterwards. But for us, we're very central to New Jersey. So our labs are in Jersey, our washing facilities in Jersey, and our 3PLs in Jersey. So we keep everything very central together. Um, and that makes a huge difference for us, both in terms of like local transport costs, but then also um, it's, you know, reduces our carbon footprint because they're not going very far. Um, so we kind of think about everything from on that side of things. And then on the packaging, you know, I think you need to use a material that's 100% recycled. Um, and so for us, aluminum, it was easy. Um, so we purchased, you know, 100% recycled aluminum. And then we obviously it's 100% recyclable. And so that was a really big thing for us. Um, but there's certain things that we have to be- like change. And I think the hardest thing about Uni is we're asking consumers to change their behavior. Um, but, you know, in some cases, brands like SodaStream have already kind of taught this behavior to a degree so it's not completely new um and we're starting to see sort of the uptick and when that's a lot of the things that come through social so you know the way that uni works is you can send your bottles back and so when you receive your uni package you get you know you'll have your order number and it has a little label return label on it and it says once you get to five you know plus bottles like put them back here and send them back to us Um, and so what that allows us to do and when we're sort of at a point now where because the cost of aluminum is going up, it's actually cheaper for us to wash and refill an existing bottle than it is to procure a new bottle in this market. And so, you know, when when I originally spoke to the beauty industry, when we, you know, before Mark and I even had designs, everyone was like, you're crazy. You don't need to do it. But I figured that if the milkman could do it with such a cheap item, that there was like a possibility of doing it. So the, the main thing for us is really like the refill system. And that'll get better as we go into retail and we have only bins and things like that because people won't have to send it back. They can drop it back when they go into store. 
Um, so that's a big, yeah, so that's a big thing for us. And then also like, you know, the climate neutral now. So we use the United Nations climate neutral now pledge and, and we sort of, that, that gives us the governance um, around how to be accountable for all the different things, all the way from like the ingredient sourcing through to the consumer packages and how they're returned. Um, and then the, the real thing that you need to do is the life cycle analysis. And so we're in the process of moving manufacturing um, to be more bulk. Uh, and so at that point, then we'll do the life cycle analysis. And that's really anyone that's trying to make a sustainability claim, that's your true number. Um, and so that's the process of that you need to go through. And um, we're kind of preparing for that as we go, because we know it's coming. I mean, do, do you guys have like plans to um, maybe collaborate or partner with, because, you know, you guys have such a good system and education and uh, like the, the refills. Is it more like Uni for now will be its own, I guess, uh, juice and, and products? Or could you technically partner with your vessels, with other brands? Yeah, I think it's sort of the tech person in me. So like Uni's built as a platform and, you know, even the, what we'll build on the digital, like on the tech stack side is the same thing, you know. And so we mm. want to reward customers um, for returning, but we'll also build that in a way in which it can be like used as a platform. And so... It's it's inherently in there and we can yeah. do it. We're just choosing not to exercise that. And I think right it's now, important. Yeah. We really just want to build our own brand and it's the most u- unique yeah. um, aspect. And so for us, we're going to do it as our own business. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, you know, you guys are, are, are found a really good balance. Of course, you have the great sustainability angle with the products, um, the packaging, but you have incredible formulas. And I remember scouring through your ingredient page which i just love the transparency of the the, the scores the hover yeah the hover it was i actually sent it to my team before and i was like guys uh, this is the way to do it so um but you have this uh, uni marine complex so can you tell us a little bit about the actual juice uh you know the, the bulk yeah sure of course um so essentially what we wanted to do was prove that you can get performance through naturals and so uni marine complex like gives you 24-hour hydration and so for us, you know, Uni as a brand is already is all about, you know, sun and, and, and you, know, you know, whether I'm in New York and I'm in, in the heating and air conditioning or whether I'm in California mm-hmm. out in the sun, like, you know, it's all r- really about hydration. And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, Uni was about, you know, prevention and hydration. And so that's really where we were like, okay, where are we going to get this from? And we were really lucky in the sense that we had such amazing skincare uh, formulators that were working with us. And we found this, it's about, it's three marine actives that when they work together, it gives you the 24 hour hydration. And so that's really where we make sure that we can sustainably harvest those actives as well. Um, And it's, you know, I mean, you know it as well in your brand, but like there is a lot of power in these naturals. And so we're really thrilled that we're able to sort of make these sort of larger claims that people usually would do with traditional skincare, not sort of using um, non-clean ingredients and are able to achieve the same thing. So for us, you know, only marine complex is, is that hydration claim. That's amazing. So what, what's for you the, the future of Uni in the next couple of months, let's say? Like, we don't know where, you know, a couple of years, it's hard to say. But where yeah. do you want to take it? Yeah. I mean, I, I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm sure you do it too, but I always read everything. So I'm always like going into like, you know, the, the, the like customer service emails and looking through yeah. social and things like that. And 
it's amazing that everything that we were already wanting to build or was in the pipeline that people started to ask from us. And so obviously, mm. sun, like I mentioned, sunscreen, that's a big thing for us that people automatically made that connection because we're the first reef safe body care brand. And so mm-hmm. that's just a really fantastic nod. And it just means that I just love that, that, that we're on the right side of the consumer and, and we're really in tune with them. Um, and so for us, with it's sort of, you know, building out new SKUs uh, and then also like refining the products, to, you know, doing different smaller sizes, uh, coming out with, you know, custom um, dispensers. And so we really want to lean into um, the brand and anything that we feel that you use on a daily basis that both is like unisex and universal is where like uni will show up. And so we'll go into the home, um, we'll go into skincare, you know, we're, we're really open. And I think there's a few brands that have done it. And I think in order to build a brand in this day and age, you need to show up wherever you feel like you have the right to. Um, and so, you know, what got like scent is one of our governing principles. And so we'll go into the home with that. Amazing. Oh, I love that. No, it's, it's, I love, um, seeing already like just the journey you guys are on, but also, um, how mindful you are, about all the decisions, because it is really about making sure you're putting the consumers first and, and understanding like what they would want to see from the brand, because it's not just, and I think by listening, you feel that way as a founder, it's not just your vision anymore. Once you've created it, yeah. it's like everyone's vision it can be hard sometimes because obviously there's a lot of opinions and sometimes people have certain you know oh maybe they don't know the full realities and how like difficult it is to do certain things or timing or you know in an ideal world but everything takes a lot longer everything's a lot longer I tell my team I said like and actually one thing I was gonna do is like one I was this year I was creating a course right like how to build a beauty brand and I actually like decided to stop it halfway through because I was like this is like the most useless thing because what I say today and what I filmed six months ago has changed. If I say, oh, have 12 months buffer for MPD and from launch. And I'm like, no, now it's like with glass. It could be 18 months. It could be like, I just don't know anymore. So everything is like, you have to just keep on listening, keep on adapting and keep on just being, you know, willing to be agile on this journey. Um, Yeah. And I think if I didn't have the website to log into and tinker and look at all the data and, you know, I'm constantly changing the website, whether people (laughs) in my team like it or not, but I kind of need that constant iteration. Like I was always being in tech, you can change everything. You don't have to have a final product. You just keep iterating. And so I iterate on like funnel conversion and optimization. And I think that that in a way keeps me happy because I can't do it with the products. It takes so long. Well, I have to ask actually on that because I, I come from a digital background, so more, more influence of social media, et cetera. Um, do you do a lot of like, because you are, you know, in your previous, uh, not your previous life, but you know what I mean, in your previous work and stuff, jobs, sure. you've did a lot of tech stuff. Do you sometimes like find it hard to like delegate that away as a CEO and founder now? Do you, have, do you just do it yourself or do you hire a team? Yeah, no, definitely. It's a constant push and pull. Um, I, I do a little bit of both, I would say, because I think that they have fresh perspectives and mm-hmm. um, also it's we're looking at it dif- differently, you know. And, you know, Marissa, who I mentioned before, who runs marketing for us, the things that keep her up at night aren't the same things that, that keep me up at night, you know. And so I think that everyone, the more people that are on something when they've come from, you know, when they're specialists, I think the better the outcome. So I let it go, but I'm definitely involved, I would say. No, yeah. You have to, you have to. So, so the pandemic, I know you, similar to us, you launched three years ago, correct? When you was created? No, no, we three, only two. launched, we, well, we started, we only launched five, six months ago, but we ah, have been okay. developing for like three years. So like That's we're, it, yeah. 
Yeah, but we we worked with our partners as well. So Uni was developed uh, in partnership uh, with some of our B two B partners. Um, you know, both on the size and the refill and things like that. So in a way, um, you know, we had partners before we launched. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But but so then technically in the creation of Uni with the formula stuff, how was that during the pandemic? Because obviously travel was difficult. A lot of Zoom calls. Uh, where were you based, and what was that process like? Yeah, it was actually amazing because, you know, as you're a startup, you don't really need like, and I say this to young people all the time who are starting companies that you don't need full-time partners. And I think what, when people traditionally who are specialists in what they do, they'd say, look, I've already got a full-time gig. Like I don't really have time to help, but because of the pandemic, they were like, you know what, actually I could probably help and like give you, whether it was on packaging innovation or engineering, or, you know, I didn't have to go and find a full-time packaging engineer. And so all of these different elements and these people who were a part of building Uni all came out of it because they kind of had this extra time because they were at home. So I think the reason that we got such specialised people involved was really because of that. But it was definitely scary. I mean, at the beginning, I remember when Mark called me and he's like, you know, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, we just keep going, you know. And I think that there was that was there was a moment for a lot of people, which is, how long is this going to go on for? Are we going to lean in? Are we going to pause? Like, is it even possible? But we adjusted, you know, very, very, very quickly. Um, and for the labs, honestly, it works in the exact same way. And I think the team that we have today hasn't changed, you know, and I think we're, we're sort of, you know, there's nine of us and where everyone's highly skilled at what they do, but we're very agile and, and we don't really have any intention of adding to that team. Exactly. No, that, that makes sense. So um, I, I kind of want to go a little bit into now your personal routine as a founder, as, as AK. Um, right. What are some of your kind of like, uh, I guess, morning rituals or daily rituals that keeps you grounded, motivated, um, doing what you do? So I'm very fortunate um, that I have a house in Malibu and I think I, so I walk on the beach and I think honestly, I, if it wasn't for my dog, I probably um, wouldn't do it as often as I do, but she really gets me out of the house uh, and forces me to sort of t- take her onto the beach. And, and then once you're there, it's like, oh, it's amazing. Actually, well, I don't really have to be, I could probably walk like another, you know, 40 minutes and then you swim. And, and at that point, like you're just so sort of revitalized. And so for me, I would really say it's, you know, walking, swimming and, and, and having the dog make me do it. Um, but, you know, it's difficult, you know, we're in that time where there's just so many things to do. And I think it's really important that founders stop. And so for me, it's walking, some people it's going to the gym or it's running or meditating, um, but making sure that you do that daily because it's the best thing that you can sort of do for yourself. Um, the hardest thing is stop stopping to stop working, but it's really important. And, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the first person that looks at their emails and like wants to go and work straight away, but you've really got to like pull yourself out of that and make sure that you get out of the house. Yeah. hundred percent. No, you have to. And there's, there's like, I guess you could say there's healthy boundaries with ourselves that we, we put because I don't know about you. Sometimes I just feel like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all blur, timing blurs. I mean, if I have an idea, just go straight on and just do the. I always kind of like have to carry my laptop around with me because I just never know when, you know, I want to just get some work done. But do you have yeah. like a healthy boundary between you and, and like, let's say your laptop? <laughs> um, I would say probably not. I think I'm always working. But also I get a lot of joy from it, you know, and it does. I'd like to say, exactly. Yeah. yeah I think, I think if mention. you're the right, yeah, if you're the right person, it also depends like, 
you know, I don't have children at the moment. And so like, it's easier for me. I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling pressure in my, you know, relationships and my friendships to sort of create a bigger boundary. Everyone sort of letting me become a workaholic and, 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 and still loving you, me. Exactly. Anyway. So, work yeah. is, is joy for you. So it's like, you know, I always sometimes my friends say like, listen, you work too much. I'm like, yeah, but I have so much fun and joy. Like, are you telling me I have too much fun and joy then? So, you know, like it's, it is, um, like, of course, as founders, we're mindful, like if it's stressful or for us, so we feel burnout we're going to be we'll correct that right sure but I don't think it's uh, I completely get it and also as you said while you have that I guess luxury of um, having a bit more time at our age of not I don't have I'm single I don't have you know uh, any children right now I put that free time I maybe would have been occupied with into my business and I love it so it's great yeah I also think that you know it's so it's so difficult in a way I do believe you know hard work pays off exactly you know and i think that i think that you know in order to be successful in a way you kind of have to push a little you have to no you have to so that's very very good point um so uh, before we go into the fire iron questions i have a sort of desert island situation question for you so um you know you're you're, you're allowed to come to this founder beauty retreat but unfortunately i'm being really strict and I kind of would love to know do you have like a go-to product that is your favorite in your range i would say it hasn't come out yet but it's my sunscreen i put it on every day yeah <laughs> I, I, can i just say like because every single person i've asked and even my friends who want to create brands i kind of say spf sunscreen it's like that kind of like scary word for founders because it's like you don't touch it because it's just so complicated how has that journey been for creating an spf it must take in a long time very long very long <laughs> yeah. But I think that it was, you know, there isn't like a good daily SPF that's safe. And so that's why that's why it was kind of worth it. And sure, someone else could have come along in the years that we've been developing it. Um, but today mm. I feel like that, that, that opportunity is still there. But in Australia, because, you know, sun, with, you know sunscreen is such an important part of our culture, I grew up wearing sunscreen every single day and actually it's the best thing you can do for aid prevention too. So I'm trying to even just like from a vanity point of view, like please just wear sunscreen. And I think that's not there. It's certainly not there with men. Um, mm. Anyway, so that's the thing. It's like, it's the one thing I put on every day. So And exactly said reef safe and, and sustainable. I mean, a lot of them are these like aerosol, but like non, you know, definitely not sustainable aerosols. And then the ones that are kind of heading in the sort of, I guess you could say, um, better direction they're not as efficacious so they don't actually perform very well so i think there's still like i definitely don't want people to be discouraged by innovation going into this sun category no, and i think the fact that we're on it and we look we're still a lot a while away from launching mm-hmm. but and we got to spf 50 so it is definitely very possible and i yeah. think you know there are multiple skin types. like this is something where you do need multiple versions of it for you sure you need to hundred yeah. percent. And, and it's, it's, a, it's again, a journey like everything, right? It's not, you shouldn't rush until it's perfect. And that's something that I'm sure you've done in your um, journey is like, you don't launch for the sake. And I think it helps by not having necessarily um, like, like for us, we have like a big retail partner like Sephora that will be like, what is your MPD next October? Tell us right now. And I'm like, oh, right. I don't know. you know, uh, and sometimes uh, we're quite fortunate because we, in our DNA, we said less is more. We're not in a rush mm. to create products. I'm the same that's, that's Ayurveda. You know, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, but we said that from day one, right? But a lot of brands, I was uh, working in Dior and Estelada. I was sometimes confused by the amount of products we were launching. And I understood yeah. it from a retail perspective. But 
yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to do that. And then obviously you cut corners, right? And it's not always perfect. Yeah. So yeah, it's important to be mindful. So I, th- I really, yeah, I really appreciate that you guys are not, you know, you're saying like it, you're putting everything with what you want to create, but there isn't a deadline, right? There shouldn't be necessarily a deadline until it's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also what your consumers want. Otherwise you'll be in exactly. trouble. <laughs> exactly. You have to be, uh, you have to, it's, 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 it's another part of the team. It's your extension of your team and you've got to like, make sure you listen to them. So my, uh, fire on questions are going to start. So the first question is what is another beauty brand that you're currently loving? Oh my God. It's so funny. I really, I don't look at anyone else's brands. Um, <laughs> It's funny, I was saying the other day, like I should go into a Sephora and look at what other people do, but we're just so in our own world and we I make everything that I, I want to use. So let's let say makeup. Think about do you have like a good makeup brand that you love right now that you kind of use? Yeah, using. I think Ilya is amazing. Is it, Sasha, it's amazing what Ilya is doing, like honestly. Yeah. I, even I, I, I have a lot of Ilya products, I love it. Uh, the tinted serum I use, and it's amazing. It's yeah, really yeah, good. yeah. I think they're a fantastic brand and I think they've got a great heartbeat and I think they've got the right product roadmap. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, there we go. I found something. I love it. We found it. Uh, What's a guilty pleasure of yours? I love coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your go-to coffee? Is it black? Is it? uh, Yeah, primarily probably like I think they call them cortados, which is like a short, a short black with a a little bit of milk. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, And on yeah, it's it's one of those things. Actually, another question is how many cups a day? Well, I'm going down to three. Going down. Okay, where 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 were we at? We didn't count. We didn't count. We didn't now. count. We, we didn't count. count. Yeah. Okay, moving on swiftly, but I think I'm the same. So I just had one just now, and it's already six p.m. Nearly five p.m. here. So yeah, it's not good. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? I am reading a book. Uh, I think it's called The New Kings of New York, and it's about sort of like the real estate guys in the 1990s. Um, because I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the real, real like retail uh, industry and looking at it. So that's what I'm currently reading. Amazing. And do you have a favorite social media platform right now? Be real. I need to get really on this. Like, this is the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to sound so bad. Like, it's the one where <laughs> you post one thing a day only and it has to be in real time. Is that it? Yeah. So it, it pings you at different times throughout the day. And then, yeah. so you have to post within two minutes of it. And it takes a photo of you and it takes a photo of whatever you're looking at. And I like it because the concept, I think they're French. I actually got onto their beta and I'm in their WhatsApp group giving feedback oh. because I'm like really geeking out on the app. But um, so the be real was the concept of like be real. So it's about you can't filter, you can't change anything. It's like who you really are. And it's kind of like what's really going on in your life. And so I just, I loved how it was like going against, you know, this filtered world. Which um, is, so, unfortunately, yeah. we're in it and we can't, um, we can't stop it. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess it's not really relevant for brands, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know where, I mean, I'm doing it as the brand, you know what I mean? Ah, like okay. I, as the brand founder. So like, I guess it's sort of like an uni handle, but it's really about a day in my life. And so that's, that's my take on it. Um, oh, I might do but that. It's, That's cool. it's also nice to know where my friends are because right now I said to someone like, oh, you're in Italy. And they're like, oh, no, I'm back. I just Instagrammed that from a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, Literally. you know, you just, you've lost. You used to have that with Facebook. You have Instagram. Now I have no idea where anyone is. So being uh, real is like, gives I'm me that. I'm guilty of that. I think I need to do that. But I want to make sure. It's very, I, I do that because I'm worried like um, 
like for safety sometimes or if I post in real time. So I guess if, if be real is good, but I have to be really like private, just my friends. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> I don't want people really knowing where I am always. Uh, but yeah, it's a good app. I'm going to try that. I saw actually, I saw a TikTok with like Lewis Capaldi and he was like someone like, he did it on stage or something. Someone gave him his phone. He goes, oh, it's a be real. And then he did it literally in that moment. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's a moment. Definitely. Uh, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of got to go through a few. Um, I think my whole thing is don't worry about the future, just do what's today, you know? And I, I think that people mm-hmm. can be really overwhelmed by all the things that they need to do, but just realize like in good time, it'll sort itself out. And so I really just try and focus on the day and, and never, never look too far ahead or get overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah, no, that's a really good, very important. My last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would AK be doing? Probably learning to surf. I spend so much time in Malibu and I've never, I've never surfed. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's Every one of those summer, things. I've been here I'm six so- summers. I'm like, I'm going to learn. And I still haven't done it. It's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. do it. I, I, I actually, um, I've done it once. Obviously, like that little like taster course you have at like, um, Gold Coast in, in, mm-hmm. in, yeah, you know, Paradise. What's it called? Like Surface Paradise, whatever. Yeah, I did Surface it there Paradise. once. Surface. Did it like for an hour. I was like, yeah, it's okay. But then I saw all these kids like just flying and I was like, gosh, I'm so bad. But I did actually like a few lessons in Portugal like last, this year or last year. And I fell in love. Um, but then there's one of those things where for me in London, it's like, okay, but when can I do it as often? Whereas you in Malibu, no excuse. No, I'm on. I'm literally on the beach. I'm like a thirty second walk. But I, yeah, I just, I don't. Know, it's terrible. But I can surf. I'm just not very good at it. But yeah, I like. I went out last summer, and these kids were like, "Get rid of your friend. She's not going on the wave." And I was like, "I know your mother." <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's you know, it, it's a the community of grommets is probably what keeps it. me at bay. Yeah. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Well, well, well. Hopefully, um, we'll get to meet in person one day. I'll hopefully have yes, a Malibu in that. London. And we'll go for a surf. But in the meantime, where can everyone find you and, of course, uh, Uni System? Yep. So at the moment, we're still DTC, so weareuni.com. Amazing. And the social is? We are Uni. Same thing. We are Uni. Simple. So I'll put all the links in the summary uh, so everyone can just go click straight away. And uh, AK, it's been an absolute pleasure and can't wait to Likewise. see everything grow and Uni take over the world. So I'll be here championing by your side. That's very sweet. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founds Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.